This is Chasing 7, a Chicago Bulls podcast, and with me, as always, is my teammate, Mikey Carr. I'm your host, Michael Carr. Today's topic is about our point guard, Lonzo Ball. We've heard that Lonzo gave mixed messages as to whether or not we could expect to see him this season. Statements were given that he is running he is dunking he is doing things that he hadn't been previously done however he is experiencing some discomfort as well as head coach billy donovan telling us that he has still not been able to run at full speed or do any cutting uh, on a basketball court which obviously he would need to do lonzo stated that he did understand that he may be running out of runway for a return this season. So that begs the question, is it time for the Bulls to move on from Lonzo? What does long-term with Lonzo look like? And is there, what are the chances he comes back this year? So, and when he does come back, what's he going to look like? Mikey, what do you think? Um, I think that uh, as we saw last year, this team's completely different when we've got Lonzo in there. Um, just the way that he spreads the floor, pushes the pace, um, and defensively the intensity that he brings without having Alex Caruso out there is drastic and, and something that I think a lot of us Bulls fans forget sometimes. I do think that um, there's something deep down in me that, that tells me that he's not going to be able to play this year. And, and if that is the case, then I do think the Bulls need to go get a true facilitating point guard uh, at the deadline. Um do you do you agree with that as far as getting a well when when you say a true facilitating point guard i mean lonzo in the half court um isn't necessarily a a point guard uh the thing that lonzo does is you mentioned he pushes pace he gets the ball out in transition he makes great passes he's very unselfish but in the half court setting he is a lo- does a lot of catch and shoot and he still makes great passes don't get me wrong but he doesn't necessarily set the flow of the offense up. Whereas you see a guy like Goran Dragic and we now know why they signed him. He's a table setter. He is a point guard. Um, And and we see him doing that. I also feel like Alex Caruso has been doing that a little bit more recently in the last, in the last few games um, playing more like someone who could be a point guard. When you talk about like getting a point guard without giving up too much and compromising the team, I mean, one guy that comes to mind who I think is a solid point guard um, that wouldn't cost too much uh, is like a TJ McConnell. He can play defense. He's a table setter. He's not a great outside shooter, though. So I I don't know. I mean, at what risk do you play this out? And do you go big and swing for the fences on a point guard? Or do you... I mean, run with what we have. I think, well, the Bulls need to make a move. Uh, We discussed in a a previous episode that they've got to make a move. It is a matter of what move. And if you trust that Lonzo will be back this year, maybe to make a late playoff push, you know, if if he comes back, you know, let's say early to mid-March, it gives him another month and a half to recover. Um, if If he comes back then, then maybe we're 
not going to consider getting a super um, like like a point guard that can distribute a lot because that's what that's what he brings. So so what but, you're saying is obviously the deadline is February 9th. So what you're saying is if they believe Lonzo's coming back in March, they're not going to swing for the fences on another guard. On another guard, yes. Does that mean I think that they should not make a deal at all? No, because Lonzo's not going to fix the interior rebound issues that we have or the issues or I mean he'll he'll help with, but he's not going to fix the perimeter shooting issues that we also have. Well, and and that begs the question, how many players have come back from a year-long absence and been the same player that they were prior to the injury? And the reason I ask that is because we've seen some players miss significant time that were exceptional players before the injury that didn't come back. Now, you know, you could throw out the Grant Hills, you can throw out the Penny Hardaways, you can throw out you know, the players from the 90s and that didn't necessarily uh, ever regain anything. And one that's close to our heart, obviously, is Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose never yeah. regained that explosiveness. He's been he's yeah. become a very – he's still a very good player, don't get me wrong, but he's never no. been the same athlete that he was. Uh, this injury isn't quite to that extreme that those guys suffered through, but it's caused him to miss significant time. Kawhi Leonard, he's been out. He is still a very good player when he plays, but he's always missing time. Um, Jamal Murray is not the same player that he was. No, uh, I mean, statistically, he's he's dropped down quite a bit from where he was. He I mean, he's, st- he's still contract. a good player, too. But, he's a good player, but he's not what he once was. Now, there are some, like Zion. He missed like a whole season. He came back, yeah. and he's, Still, he's yeah, explosive. He's, great, he's just yeah. as good. That's, so I, I think I that, think that's it, an outlier, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I do. And that's that's my worry here. When a player misses so much time, they never get back to where they, they were. once were. Okay. Um, Jamal Murray – I think is a very, very good example of what we might see. I think Lonzo comes back and he's, he's an exceptional player, but he, he doesn't have the same potential that he once did. Okay. I mean, and that's, that is a hundred percent fair to assume because of the fact that you do have that, uh, that sample size of those players that have experienced similar things. But I also don't think that, um, Lonzo has a different play style than a lot of those players, uh, those guys that you named are kind of more like one or two options on their team who attack the rim a lot and rely on their explosiveness. Whereas I feel like Lonzo is um, more of a, you know, he pushes the pace with passing, not dribbling. And he also doesn't attack the rim. He he loves to shoot the ball. Not that he doesn't attack the rim, but you, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh no. Yeah. I think he can definitely get to the rim and he does it very effectively, but you're right the main ingredient in some of these athletes that never regained form was their athleticism. Yeah. Derek Rose, for an example, he, he was not able to be the same player because he lost athleticism and he lost explosiveness. Whereas Lonzo doesn't necessarily have that to lose. So when he comes back, what aspect of his game looks different. And we don't think that a knee injury, this minor 
will ever impact his jump shot. He's still going to be a very good three-point shooter. It's not going to impact his passing. That's why I mentioned yeah. the only thing that I'm worried about is, you know, maybe defensively it impacts his ability to get in front of those defenders out on the perimeter that are really and, quick and, and rotate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, like that's, a that's, that's Fox it. or something I mean, like that. You take a look at a guy like Jonathan Isaac, who I like Jonathan Isaac a lot. I think he is a fantastic NBA player or mm-hmm. once was. And as much time as he's been out now, you have to wonder when he comes back, is he going to be able to defend at the same level he was? And that was the predominant piece of his game that made him an efficient rotating rotational player. Mm-hmm. Uh, without that, without being able to guard multiple players, Jonathan Isaac might not ever be an impactful NBA player again. So yeah. it's going to be crucial for him to be able to play defense. Lonzo, I have to say the same thing. Lonzo's not going to go out and drop you 40 points. All right. He's going to make really smart plays and great passing and can shoot the ball. But if his defense has fallen off, he's not going to be the same impact type player that he was. So my question to you is then, I I don't necessarily agree with you on that. I think uh, Lonzo can still bring a lot offensively. But my question to you is then, if you are so worried that he doesn't return this year, then are you actively looking for like a DJ McConnell, like, like you said earlier, or, or, or are you kind of just going to stay pat and see if that is the case with Lonzo when he does decide to come back? Well, uh, I, I think everybody is on the outs in terms of information from the Chicago bulls, whether it be trade rumors or whether it be, um, free agency, buyout candidates. I mean, we know nothing because they keep it so close to chest. And I think that's fantastic because nobody knows which direction they're going. So I think they already know what the expectation is for Lonzo. They already have a really good idea as to whether or not he's coming back this year. They talk to him. He talks to them. Their agent speaks with them. I mean, everybody's on the same sheet of music. So it's already why, why, why do you think they want to keep that a secret though? Is, do you think it is something negative that they don't want the fans to like, because all right, if, if they were to say, Oh, Lonzo's out for the season, Bulls fans are immediately going to be pissed off. Oh, our season's ruined. Oh, we need to make a change. Whereas like if, if, if they leave this glimmer of hope open and like, as if there's well, light at the end so, of the tunnel, so, do you so, think so that's I'll, a publicity I'll, I'll, thing? I'll, I'll say this. It, it's got nothing to do with publicity and everything to do with the fact that the Bulls have to be a playoff team. Whether or not they win a playoff series is is irrelevant, all right? And the reason is because there are protections on some of those magic picks or on one of the magic picks. And if the Bulls uh, do well, okay, then that one magic pick does not convey this offseason, okay? So – the, the Bulls have to win and win well. One of the picks, I believe it's this year's, the 2023 pick, yeah. goes to the Magic unprotected. But I believe it's the 2025 pick That's top three. that makes it – is that top three protected? I, bo- I think both of them are top three protected. Okay, I thought that mm-hmm. one had additional – Anyway, but that's why the Bulls won't tank. The Bulls will not tank. It's it's it's, it's impossible. It's it's impossible for them to 
you get one of those picks, you, you've right. got, you're probably going to have 0.1% odds because if you finish plan like you have so far this year, you're going to finish at about anywhere from the 9 to the 12 seed, and that's probably going to get you right at around, like, the eleventh or twelfth best odds yeah. for yeah we're the yeah pick. we're gonna you know, we're gonna so end up we're gonna end up it. yeah yeah outside the lottery or um it's just it's it's not worth it so yeah that's I think, why I'm I confused think, when when fans say to tank for Wembenyama because none of those know. rebuilding teams want to trade for Zach Levine or Demar Derozan when they can get Victor so you're not going to be able to and, get and, any of those and, other and picks. the other the other reason that you don't want other teams to know let's say let's say Lonzo is coming back after the all-star break let's just say mm-hmm. then that means that at the deadline the Bulls would be buyers right that the yeah. Bulls are going to try to buy potentially to try and contend right and yeah. if the other teams know that then they're they they could play harder with the Bulls like harder to get and, yeah. and ask for more because they know that the Bulls will be more inclined to give it because they're to give it now. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, or let's say, let's say Lonzo is not coming back and they already know that and the bulls are sellers. Well, the bulls don't tell other teams that they're sellers and then the bulls can play hardball with a trade like, Oh, you know, Kobe white is a very important part of this team, you know, to get rid of him. We're absolutely going to need a pick in any trade. Uh, because we still feel like we are contenders, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, it, it doesn't. You don't want to show your hand because then other teams read into that and they play yeah. to it. The, yeah. the, you know, the Jazz, for example, the Jazz. Everyone knows the Jazz are selling, right? Yeah, they've been selling. Yeah, but there aren't a lot of teams that are willing to give the jazz what they want because, they're, because yeah. they've seen how it's gone and Danny Ainge just held firm. So to get a guy like Jared Vanderbilt before the deadline or at the deadline, a guy that I re- for the team, it's, mm-hmm. it would cost us the Portland pick, the Portland pick and Kobe. White. And then yeah, you got to think not, to yourself, not worth it. If Lonzo's not coming back, then Kobe white's going to play it's probably yeah. not worth it. And if Lonzo is not coming back this year, who knows what his prognosis looks like that opens the door for a Kobe white extension. And a possible starting spot. I would not mind seeing Kobe being boosted in the starting lineup. I, I, I think, and you know how I feel. I think we need a, a defensive a guard, yeah. a, a yeah. defensive guard next to Zach Levine and DeMar and I, DeRozan. And, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that, but I think Kobe does deserve, more appreciation but before we uh before we go i wanted to get your thoughts on the uh the recent news about the john collins packages and the bogdanovich packages and what they're asking don't you just think those are absurd especially like saying uh, i do i do and one of the things like i i know with nba trade rumors you see a lot of things that i call smoke screens mm -hmm. whereas other teams are are trying to show that other teams are interested in their players to get people to bid them up higher and create yeah. like a bidding war, so to speak. Yeah. And I think Bogdanovich at his age uh, and making almost $20 million, I think that's a lose-lose situation. I mean, you can't, yeah. you're not going to win that trade because he's not going to be a long-term Didn't they, Weren't piece. they asking for like two firsts or something minimum? 
Yeah, usually, usually a team will, if they say two firsts, they end up caving and getting a single first. Like uh, last year, we saw that happen a couple times. John Collins, the whole John Collins rumor yeah. thing going to Holy. the Jazz, it throws me off completely because if the Jazz are, you know, rebuilding. I think that I think they're in a, the Jazz are in such a weird spot because they're in like a content, like not contending, but they are a, they're in the playoff race firmly. And they have a team that's winning games, and it's not yeah, like they're. Big... If if they're trading Mike Connolly, why would they bring back John Collins? That is true. It just I mean, doesn't you... make sense. Yeah, and John Collins. He, I mean, he's not the only problem in Atlanta. Oh yeah, that I've I'm got absolutely yeah. excited about seeing. But um, I, I love seeing the the Hawks lose. But yeah, I, I John Collins is not their only problem, but. He has not played well this year at all. He no. is down statistically in every category. And I want to bring up one more thing, you know, because there was a, a lot of people pining for John Collins to come to the Bulls. Yes, well, I was one of them. You were one of them. And, and I'm going to say this. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are going to be your one and two guys, right? Yeah. What yeah. third banana in the NBA is better than Nikola Vucevic that you can think of on any team. And John Collins would be the third banana on that team. And he's pissed off, upset. Yes. Do- I, isn't I, playing well. Can you for, name, name one? Um, I do. I think drew holiday uh, for the bucks. Um, I would say, um, well, well, to be fair though, he's probably, I know where you're going, Chris Middleton, but Chris Middleton is another guy that stays injured, misses a lot of time. Well, and I would say Drew Holiday's. We're saying full, more full, fully healthy, fully healthy, fully healthy. Okay, all right, fully well, healthy. Well. I would, I would take Drew Holiday. Um, before Michael Porter Jr. got hurt, he he was a great scorer. I would, t- and if we're just saying scoring wise, him, uh, I would take him. No, no, I mean, I mean a better third option, like not. I mean, they not just scoring, but what they bring to the table altogether. Yeah, I mean, like another Vooch, Vooch is, Vooch is an elite yeah. rebounder. Yeah, 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 and he scores yeah. eighteen a game. I mean, I'm not taking Russell Westbrook. I'm not. Maybe Tyrese Maxey. Um, it depends, really, though. Um, Drew Holiday. I, I think, I think I would to to see the way that he picks up offensively when Chris Middleton and Giannis don't play. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and his defense is is amazing, oh, yeah. amazing, oh, amazing. Yeah. I, and he I, can shoot the lights out he, of all, he, too. He's one of the reasons I hate p- playing the Bucks. Obviously, yeah. there's there's a bigger reason, but the uh, the Bucks are, are an elite team in part. If you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe. We look forward to talking to all of you again soon on the next Chasing 7.